So yeah. Uh, Star Roadblock with high heels. Okay. Rochester Roadblock. NXT Roadblock. Roadblock. I mean, Sleazy needs to watch the product and know what's going on. And why the fuck would I do that? Tiffany Stratton. That's why. Oh, never. That's not yours. Never mind. He don't like hot chicks. This has been well documented on the show. Well, let's take a look at that and a couple other things on the wrestling show. Welcome everyone, this is Lizzie. This is Fat Man. And welcome oh, wow. <laughs> to a wonderful new episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have the greatest mark of them all. I call him the G-Mote. Chip Willett is here with us today. What's going on, bros? You're trying to be like Ryan there, but you weren't. The greatest mark of all time? Gmo. I was not going down that road. But we did go down a different road. The road to AEW Revolution. Oh, man. Bitch, you watched this. Did you watch the pre-show? No. Chip, did you watch the pre-show? Some of it, not all of it. Motherfuckers, I'm the only one who watched the entire pre-show. And you didn't even pay attention to it. Yeah, fucking right, I didn't. <laughs> so, spoiler. You'll find that out later on. I haven't. Well, yeah. Well, um, I don't actually remember who was on the pre-show. Now that you say that. Uh, cool. Shit. But I did watch it. Stuff and things. I know there was a match on there, but I can't remember what the match was. It fucking let, off, let it off, too. Right? I don't remember. I don't know. Let's get right into it. Let me look it up because you oh. know. Oh, fuck. You got Wrestling journalist. Completionist over here. Wrestling got journalistic integrity. It was a trios match. Yes. Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Bros versus Arya Davari and the Varsity Athletes. And that's why I forgot about it. Because, actually, I started crying during it. It's so good to see Mark doing so good. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a hard problem for me for a while to watch matches with Mark. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. He's only going to be in Honor Club and no one has Honor Club. I'll get to that later. Especially <laughs> when the interest music still has Jay. It still has Jay. Everything has Jay and Mark on it. And it probably will for a long time. And But I like the message he gave at the end. He goes, we did it, brother. We finally made it. That, I, I, actually, I actually teared up on that part. Yeah, I, it, it was a fucking mess for me. I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember much of the match, but I remember that for sure. So. Oh, that's just going to look up. I'm wondering, uh, I doubt Meltzer's star ratings are out for this, but you never know because he is a fucking mark. 
No, I do love how he got have a show out between them now on the show. What Mark? Oh no, no, no! The King Mark of him of the world. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! Leave me out of this. The greatest Mark, <laughs> the King Mark. Have you been paid to write a, uh, to rate a match higher than it actually was? Absolutely not. I wish I was paid to rate anything. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's why. Oh, no, they are not out yet. Okay. I just wanted to make sure his show comes out on Sunday. So it... I don't fucking know when his show comes out. You're as bad. Oh wait, that's Vince Russo. And it was also you got blocked by him or close to his hometown. Who's that? Yeah, it was in San that's Francisco. A... It was in San Francisco. He's probably like... there. Um, I mean, I got blocked by him for calling him a piece of shit and making up shit, which I turned out to be right. So, because you know, I'm always right. Um, a EW Revolution kicks off with Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks, 13 minutes, 35 seconds. John Cannon gave this three and a half. Chip. Oh, by the way, the Jericho Appreciation Society was barred from ringside. Uh, I mean, it's a good start to the to the show. Three and a half, I think, is a little far. Um, but it was a good start to the show. <laughs> well, then I, well, I, out of all the matches I've I've seen with Jericho and all the matches I've seen with Starks, to me, this, this is one of them. <laughs> it, well, it, yes, but it was missing something for me. I don't know. So what would you give it? Oh, sorry, three and a quarter. Four star off, you fucking piece of shit. So this was a three star match with me until the AEW ness c- comes out in it. Ricky Starks comes down, selling the ribs with one little piece of tape around his fucking stomach because that was LOL. Yeah, because <laughs> that's going to help anything. Um, one, I mean, you don't put table ribs, but I get it for visuals and wrestling thing. But one little piece of tape, and it was nowhere near his ribs. It was more closer to his dick than his ribs. Nah. So cool. Just taping his dick down. It's fine. It was <laughs> sloppy because you don't understand having that large of a dick on AEW TV means you need to tape it down every once in a while. Does not mean you need to blast him for it. I mean, Jericho's a bigger dick. I don't see you don't see me taping him down. Anyway, um, it was sloppy. Six foot. Um, the Jericho appreciates I rebut at ringside, so Sammy Guevara comes down to ringside, so they can't even abide by their own stipulations, which makes the refs look stupid. By the way, not the only time on this show, but I do. I, I will give the rest a, a couple of compliments later on in, in the show. It was an okay match for a house show. By the way, the crowd. W- Let me get this out of the way. The crowd was hot all fucking night. Mm-hmm. So, so probably gave them some matches higher ratings. <laughs> but like, like I said in the chat, this must have been the most AEW match I've seen because it was a stipulation match that AEW couldn't even follow their own steps with. Cool. Okay. All right, Slizzy. Uh, three stars. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, here, here's my thing. I have a particular problem with Jericho lately. And I believe the you need to hang it up. Why it looked 
looked as shitty as it did was because Jericho here. Um, there are a lot of bits and pieces of the match that were not well done. Um, and you can look at Jericho's out of position. Jericho. Um, I will agree because that drop kick, that normally springboard drop kick he does, Starks had you oversell the sh- he had to come back for it. Yeah. Closer to him because Jericho would have completely missed him. Right. There and there was many different pieces of the match that were absolutely Jericho's fault. I really think he's hang it up. I I wouldn't he say he, he wants to hang he's, it up before he gets that bad, but that match was that bad. It was Jericho is a marquee star now. And and that's all he should be. Um should he be working every week? No. I was just going to ask you that question. Should he be more of an attraction than a weekly worker? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. At, at this point, he, obviously, he's still a draw. Okay. Let's make that very clear. Can you hear it, by the way, everyone sings a song. Yeah. He's a draw. And there's no doubt about that. Um, but the man is how old now? In his 50s. Yeah. So... Like- let him let him sunset his career. Let him have that that final run and just make him an attraction from there. Having matches like this is not going to do anything for him, and it's not going to do anything for Ricky Starks, who had to put that thing together. Now, there's going to be one big thing I want to give a huge shout out to, and you'll hear this hear me say this multiple times tonight, is that a the right kid died. Yes, one hundred and fifty thousand percent. The yep. white kid died. Ricky Starks needed that rub. They went through it the most AEW way possible, as you said, with the, the interference in a match where they're barred from ringside. What the fuck are you guys doing here? Um, but yeah, it, it was it was oh, a little better than okay because once again, Starks got the rub and the crowd was hot. All right. Apparently, this is the John Cena match, Christian versus Jungle Boy. Um, the final burial. Get it anyway. Nineteen minutes and seventeen That's seconds. That's a Triple H match, you dumbass. Well, not according to what happened on Raw. Okay, God, all the fucking marks. No, you don't talk about Raw. I mean, you gotta watch the product. It. I mean, I watched the product. Yeah. Um, but nineteen minutes, seventeen seconds. Can gave us three and a quarter. Sleazy, go ahead. Okay, so number one, um, right kid died. 150% right kid. Yep. Um, figuratively, because literally Christian died in the match, but Jungle Boy won. So, like, whatever. Um, number two, I was aware that this wasn't going to be a casket match at first. It wasn't? I don't think so. Yeah, not watch the product. It's cool. I, I don't watch the product, but I don't remember it being announced as a casket match until like the last week or two up to the build. Which was a nice touch, by the way, because it marked the 10-year anniversary of Paul Bearer dying. Um, okay. So he doesn't no. watch your product, but he does the research. Okay, we'll give you that. No, I I know. He's, he, he's a Paul Bear Mark. I'm a huge Paul Bear. So to be I, fair, AEW really didn't do any builds for this till the last week of the show anyway. Before okay. the show anyway. So that makes sense then. It doesn't matter. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> hear about it. Um, liked how the match was put together. I thought they spent too much time too close to the casket, if that makes any sense. I think that because of the fact that the casket was right, 
way up on the stage. They had to, to work their themselves closer to it to get more smear falls with it. So I was wondering why that was until they shut the lid. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it, it why. drops down. Yeah. It um, was a cool visual, but it kind of fucked the live audience. It did. It did. So, um, and that goes back to what is your product's audience? Is it the 10,000 in the arena or 20,000 or how many in the arena? Or is it the 500,000 watching the show? Do you think 500,000 people watch this I show? I don't know. <laughs> enough people <laughs> fucking torrented it to know. Um, slash streamed it, slash whatever. Um, no, it, 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 you are it, to be fair to make your point, you perform for the TV and not for the live audience, right? So, so from that perspective, it still was a little awkward. There were a couple of cool spots. I love the the throwing of the the dirt was my favorite. Uh, it was so sorry to interrupt you again, but I will say though. They could have done a better job production-wise by lighting that up better. I agree. And that's what I was about to, to so. say when, with the finish, is that you didn't actually really know if you were, even, even from watching it, you didn't necessarily know how far they were going to go with the actual, because you didn't see the kiss on the forehead. You just saw him just kind of like go into the cast and come back out. And yeah. obviously Excalibur's trying to explain what happened, but you didn't see the moment. And that was kind of the big port, part of the, the storytelling was to, to kind of close the chapter of this. And it was very, it, it was supposed to be a, a bittersweet moment and it didn't come across at all on camera that way. It just looked like he was just tucking him in or something. It was weird. Um, but, but yeah, there are some cool hope spots here and there. Um, I think they did a good job with what they had. Um, I give it three and a half stars. Same rating piece of shit. By the way, this was the best death match on this show in this arena on this night. Spoiler. Okay. This was an actual death match. It was a literal death match. It was. Um, I mean, we kind of discussed it. Right kid died, you know, so uh, same rating also chip. Uh, same rating. Uh, I think my favorite part of it was the struggle that Jack had at the end to hit the concerto or not. The inner, the, the interpersonal struggle that he had with the darkness of his soul compared to what he normally does. I really enjoyed, but um, right kid died. Hopefully this will finally be the end of this feud. Um, I mean, it should be. I'm under the impression that Christian's done with AEW after this. Oh, really? Okay. I was, I was under that impression. I'm not sure if that's the truth. Um, because so we is, he, he sold he, them. is he coming back at Raw after WrestleMania? They did. I was going to write something down, but I forgot. Um, something happened during that match. They referenced it being the end of Christian. Like, it's the end of him. Not like the end of the feud, but the end of him in AEW. Yeah. There, I, I don't think they somebody said it. it, but they, they implied it. Yeah. During the and, match. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of weird. So, yeah. and I can see Christian 
having one last WrestleMania moment with Edge. Yeah. So I'd coming like out it. coming out and helping Edge versus Finn Balor. Balor. Yep. All right. Yo, dog, I heard you like trios matches. I do. Oh, I farted. AEW trios championship. The Elite versus House of Black, 18 minutes. Canton gave this four stars. Underrated piece of shit. Fucking Mark. Um, Four and three quarters. What a fucking match. Action everywhere. I can't go five stars because the ref was also like, eh, whatever. I'm just going to allow everyone to do anything, but also have people tag in so the legal man gets pinned. So the normal Rick Knox. Yeah. Um, But this was absolutely... By the way, spoiler, match of the night in a fucking walk. Spoiler. Um, How dare you spoil? I spoiled. But yeah, this is fucking absolutely fantastic. By the way, right kids died. Chip. Uh, same, four and three quarters. Uh, it was nonstop bashing the whole time. Again, right kids died. Sleazy. One of my favorite... <clears throat> the reason why I think this was so good was the fact that you had, I hate to say the, the elite team, but the elite team literally threw everything at the house of black and house of black just went, nah, fuck you. And just destroyed them. And this is the first time I believe that um, the bucks and Omega really got they had trouble. It's not like that house of black got lucky in the last couple of minutes and they only squeak out something. No, this was, this was definitely, I don't want to say it was a squash match. It wasn't that at all, but it was a lot more of two very good teams going at each other where it was very plausible that house of black could won, could have won in that moment. And then they did. So uh, hats off to them for the, the story line telling of that hats off to them for pulling the trigger and putting it on the house of black because they absolutely needed that rub. Um, they've been doing great work over the last year or so, and they deserve that moment. Um, and I think that it, it's time to split up the trio mainly because I don't think I can hear carry on my wayward son one more fucking time. <laughs> God damn, that's a terrible fucking walkout song. I don't care. This is another argument I have with AEW fans where they're like talking about, you know, I don't, I personally just think they haven't made a profit yet. Again, they're three, four years in, you really don't, but they're spending money on stuff like wayward son, the rights to that when they don't need to. That brings no it literally brings no benefit to doing that. You're not bringing money in. You're just spending money out. You know what I mean? I agree with that. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Maybe it's 25 grand per time they use it. How many, how many times do they come out? Come on for show once, maybe twice. So maybe 50 grand, hundred grand, 150 grand. It adds up. It does. And, yeah, so I'm saying it adds up and it brings no monetary gain in. So no. not to but, mention you don't have Jungle Boys music, you have Wild uh, uh and Wild Muscle. Thing yeah. called the personality they had to buy the rights for, probably because WWE did. Um, so 
that's going to be a little bit more of a, they probably did, but they almost certainly had an end because of punk. Oh yeah. 100%. They so, probably got it on the cheap. Yeah. But, but wild thing def- is a cover. So that's going to be cheaper. Yeah. Um, but there are Ruby Soho. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, Jesus Rain- Christ. Rainson gave them a hell of a discount. <laughs> that might be outside of Kansas. So actually, that might be the most expensive one. No, I don't think so because the the guitarist of Rainson or whatever is like best friends with CM Punk. So large Fredericks, Frederick. Yeah. Or- yeah. 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 So that they might have got that on the cheap too. That when she went there, they asked her if she wanted to use it. Yeah, that's true. They literally said, hey, you're going to AEW. Do you want to use our song as your entrance? So that that was probably a hell of a discount. It's it's not just the 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 song. Technically, they have the rights to the name too. Yeah, true. Um, so but would you rate the match right for four and a half? Okay. We're close. Speaking of Ruby Soho, Uh, yo dog, I I heard you like you get in on this. Yeah, Chip did. Yeah, I, did. I, I couldn't remember if I talked over you or not. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yo, dog, I heard you like multi woman matches. I do not. Three like match multi, for the. I like multi women. Sorry, go ahead. So you like Sleazy? God damn it. Triple threat match for the AEW Women's Championship. Jamie Hayter defends against Soraya and Ruby Soho. 10 minutes. Can't gave this three stars. Sleazy, you're the one who's Overrating piece of shit. Um, shocker, I didn't like a triple threat match, right? Um, How dare you, right? <laughs> um, this was, I don't want to say this was an ang- a match in an angle, um, but it was a match in an angle, it was, it really was. <laughs> the only reason why they did the triple threat, so I was trying to figure out why they would plan, they were planning on doing the triple threat match because it didn't really make sense to do it in that fashion so i was like what the fuck are they planning on doing here well it turns out they were going to turn ruby and have her go with soraya and tony which makes sense i mean it makes sense to do that so that they have a good you know faction there especially since it's the original versus the outsiders basically yeah there are no aw originals Uh, this isn't ecw I i disagree with that i absolutely disagree with that because there's a bunch of people on the roster that didn't have TV time before they came to AEW. Uh, people on WD roster didn't have TV time before like WB. They don't call them WB originals. Yes, they do. Yeah, absolutely they do. What the hell are you talking about? So Kevin Owens is a WWE original. In theory, yeah. He spent more time in WWE than he has on the fucking indies. Or certainly more than Ring of Honor. They've never said that on WWE television that he's a WWE original. So? You're stupid. No, you're stupid. You are fucking dumb. You're an idiot. You're gonna I'm an idiot, but I'm not an idiot here. W original. There isn't. Wardlow is for one because he literally was on the indies for a year before he was signed to AEW. Okay, cool. So he's on the indies before he went to AEW. Therefore, so therefore nobody's a. That's my point. You're an idiot. No one's an AEW original. It's my original point. You're you're an absolute idiot. Of course they're originals. No, they're not. They're absolutely. What'd you rate the fucking stupid ass match? It was stupid. It was two stars. Okay. 
Why why are you rating the same the matches the same as me? I thought we were gonna difficult I thought we were gonna be yelling the whole time. Um I thought this was a <laughs> I thought this match was solid until the stupid fucking psychology. It was a no DQ match. Why didn't you have Tony interfere? But Britt Baker did. The face, but the heel didn't. Okay, cool. Plus, Ruby Soho joins after the match. Would, wouldn't it make more sense for her to join during the match? So it'd be two on two on one, plus with Tony Storm there, three on one. I cool. Yeah, it, it does it doesn't make any sense at all. Cool. But awesome. It's, it's the originals versus the WWE outsiders. So it's the WWE outsiders versus women. Cool. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking dumbass. You are a dumbass. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm gonna sing the I was right song because I'm always right and you're always wrong. Chip, go ahead. The highlight of that match was the heel turn, and that's about all I had to say on that. It wasn't even part of the match. <laughs> I know. I, I need I need a star rating. Oh, two. I'm, I'm Welcome keeping, to the club. I'm keeping track. All right, here we track go. For this Dare I say it's too sweet? No, it was not too sweet. Chip, I love you. Texas Deathmatch, Heyman and Page versus John Moxley, twenty-four minutes forty-five seconds. Canton gave this four stars. I did uh, send a little Facebook post towards a CRM and about it um, because, of course, it was the best deathmatch. But it wasn't on this day. It wasn't at this time. At that time, yes. But not on that day. Go ahead. Oh, I get to go first? Yeah. I love this. I don't like death matches as a general rule. I like ECW, but I don't like death matches. I don't like super bloody matches. This was wonderful to me. I, I love this. This was definitely a four and a half star match. I thought this was everything it could have been and then some. There were a couple of spots in it that I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, the big one being the uh, Death Rider and then immediately stomping him in the bricks. That should have been a finish. Honestly, they should not have done that. Um, that, was, that was too much for the moment. He should not have picked out of that. Um, There's a lot of stuff he shouldn't have fucking kicked out of in this match. There is, but that, that went too far because then you're taking a finish and then you're taking a very nasty, nasty bump right afterwards. Mm-hmm. So in that respect, that's too far. Um, but there's, I think they did a great job of showcasing Adam Page that absolutely desperately fucking needed a victory like this. Like once again, and I've said this multiple times now, the right fucking kid died times 10 in this match. Adam Page needed something that he could sit there and say, yes, I beat fucking John Moxley and not just beat fucking John Moxley, beat John Moxley by submission, which hasn't happened in 10 years. John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose has not lost via submission since October of 2013 against Brian Danielson. And to have Adam Page 
basically make him submit in one of the most definitive finishes that you could possibly have had in this car. Absolutely loved it. 100%. And once again, I don't like death matches. I love this. Chip. I mean, yeah, Sleazy just hit it on the head for me. I'm not a huge fan of death matches either, but when there were a couple, yeah, that one spot where he hit the finisher and then stopped him, I was just like, yeah, he should be dead right now. But when he flipped over and he hit the barbed wire and you saw his eyes light up like his body was on fire, that was great. And then to have him, hey, beat him in his own match. Beat him at his own match. And the way he viciously beat him by putting the chain around his neck to where he was kind of like crushing his trachea. Uh, trachea. And he had to tap out that bad, that fast. Would you say he hanged him? Oh, my God. Yeah, I wouldn't go in there, but okay. But it was, it was great to see Adam get the win. It was badly needed for him. Um, kind of knew it was going to happen with the change of the um, entrance music and the whole red red um, entrance. Did not like that. I no, didn't like, didn't like it, different. but it proved there was going to be a change. Maybe so, but I does it fit him? Yeah, but I liked his previous music before. Oh, everyone does. Yeah. But uh, definitely, Right Kid died over 100 times. I think was he may not have been my underrated wrestler of the year last year, but he was up there as Twist's underrated wrestler for me. Fat Man, go ahead and shit on it. Well, Chip needs to give me a star rating. Oh, sorry. Four and a half. I put one word in my notes. Stupid. Yeah, here we go. Yep. I said this about the, the one with Kenny Omega and and Moxley. I don't like these matches. They go too far. And it goes beyond believability where you're getting barbed barb wired up the fucking hell and then you're kicking out of fucking everything. And I like the finish. The finish actually made sense to me. I love that, but I didn't rate this. I because it was I just didn't I didn't like it. I didn't read it because it was stupid. Okay. Just like I didn't just let just like I didn't read the Omega Moxley one. It was I said the same thing. Stupid. Just they went too far. And some of the stuff in there, like where he threw Paige to off the top rope, he didn't really throw Paige. He didn't touch Paige at all. Paige just was like, Oh, you're there. I'm just gonna fall right through this. It looks it looked bad. But that wasn't on them. That was on the camera angle. So I can't really fault the performers. But you just, Moxie just went like this. And then Paige just looked back. Okay, I'm just going to flip over now. It just looked bad. I mean, once again, I'm I'm not going to fault anybody for taking it as safe as possible in that. And I know that sounds strange in a death match. But th- those spots you do as safe as you can. And that's one of the ways to do it. And that's one of the ways to cover it up is the correct camera angle. Kevin Dunn would not have allowed that. No. But yeah, I thought it was stupid. Um, AWTNT Championship. Tongan Jim defends against Wardlow. 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Can gave this an okay match for a house show. Um, what's I think I wrote this down right. Big meaty men slapping meat. Yes. Yes, it was. It was absolutely that. And literally, I put question mark. <laughs> um, I liked it. It was good, better than I expected. I did not expect Warlow to 
beat Joe with his own finish, but I didn't either. That's great booking. Cool. I gave it three stars. I liked it. Uh, fuck it, sleazy. It was a passable match. It was good. Um, three stars is very reasonable. Um, kind of figured they were going to put it on Wardlow because of Hobbs winning the Sonic ring. Um, but <laughs> here, here's my thing about this. I'm more into Joe's music. Buck is in ring performance. I just like his music. I love his music. Fucking love it. Ever since he came back to Ring of Honor and then to, uh, I was going to say TNA. Wow. Uh, AW. Um, it just, it always just brings joy to my heart. Even you're thinking about a better product. Right. Um, but I think that, I, I don't know if it was, here, here's my problem with this. And, and one, once again, 100,000% right kid died. Um, another guy that absolutely needed a fucking rub after they just, I don't want to say buried him, but they buried him. No, they buried him. Hotter than fucking white heat after like the two months after. Turning on MJ. Yeah. He was fucking nuclear hot. And they managed to just piss all that away. So he needed this victory. He got this victory. I love the fact that he got this victory. The match was good. Okay-ish to good. But we'll see how it goes. Chip. Three stars. Um, right guy. Definitely one. Right kid died. Sorry. Um, and yeah, it was shocking to see him hit him with his own finisher. But brought a smile on my face. Yo, Plus, when they cut his hair, he knew there was going to be a title change coming. Yo, Dogger, who's like tag team matches? Four-way match for the AEW Tag Team Championships? The Guns Champions? Wait, <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. When did the Guns become champions? Okay, Chip. One, two, three. Watch, Watch the, the product. product. Thanks. Thank you for that. I <laughs> see I, I think you guys said somewhere in February, I guess. It's been maybe a month. Oh, my God. Dragon Lee's on NXT TV. Uh, the Acclaimed versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus okay. Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. 13 no. minutes and 35 seconds. Wait a second. What is their team name? What? They had a team name. Yeah. Shit, what was it? Who? Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. RJ City in the pre-show asked them what their team name was. I don't watch the pre-show, so I don't know. 13 minutes and 35 seconds. Ken gave us two and three quarters. Their team name is Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. <laughs> um, this was the worst match on the card, without question. This was literally only meant to bring up your back. Bring to the yeah, bring to the post-match. Um, it was dumb. There was a lot of stupid bullshit in it um i didn't enjoy most of the teams in this i am not a huge fan of the claim to begin with but none of these guys i really care about yeah i know people love the scissor and whatever what cool awesome 
you got badass Billy Gunn over in 2023. If only <laughs> that was such a bad famous. Or, oh my God. Jesus Christ. He couldn't even get up with the highest satin thing. You're yeah. telling me that Walmart great Kali. <laughs> Listen to me while I say that. Walmart, Walmart. great Kali can't take a finisher properly. Hey, I will call this the wish, uh, great Kali, but okay. Wish Walmart, same thing. I mean, yeah, they, they, they all work. They all work. But anyway, it was terrible. You, it was terrible. It started a half. What the fuck was this on here for? Oh, by <laughs> the get- way, this was, this was what? 10, 20? I don't know. I didn't watch no, it, was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was like 10 o'clock ish when this started. I'm like, holy shit. We still got a fucking. Iron Man match after this. I'm like, holy goddamn. Oh, so you mean the AW show was the AW show? Right? It was getting close to the Ring of Honor level. <laughs> Still going on. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? Did he leave? Did we lose Batman? I think we actually lost Batman on this. Did he pull Ryan just leave? <laughs> He's actually frozen. Hilarious. Um, um yeah. He's gone. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I watched it twice to try to get into it a little more. No, nah, didn't happen. Uh, it just, I was hoping there was something I missed the first time around, but it wasn't. It was just bad. And here's the thing Jay and, and Double J can go. Um, Housen and Cassidy can go. The guns can't. They need to go away. And the acclaimed, it's only a gimmick. That's all it is. There's nothing, nothing to that at all. Um, it just, it was intended to bring FDR back. Simple as that. Yeah, and um, let's. This is the last actual match before the main event. So I want to, I want to kind of talk about this while we're waiting for Batman to come back as well. Yeah, uh, I do want to say. They did do, if they're going to run the guns versus FDR, that's great. Okay. It gives the guns a, a rub when they lose to FDR um, because almost certainly they will. Yeah. But this show top to bottom was, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later too. This was a rebuilding show for AEW. This was yeah, them truly investing into their stars i fuck fat man in his there is no such thing in the AEW. go fuck yourself because there's a lot of guys that started relatively soon or made their mark in aew that i would consider an aew original Just i'll like, go name Britt baker and uh, jamie hater yeah yeah all, all those people even though jamie hater wasn't ref pro but right. well they're, they're you can make the argument that a lot of them were in different Indeed. promotions in ring of honor in TNA and all these other places, but they got huge exposure in a W versus getting huge exposure in WWE. If, if um, uh, CM Punk's a great example of that, you know, he made his mark in WWE. He's a ring of honor guy, but he brought his life into WWE and he was there long, just like, you know, a lot of these other guys. So them investing into their quote unquote homegrown talent is going to pay off in the future. There's a homegrown talent. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. 
No, my computer no. upped and restarted itself because I guess Sleazy was spouting a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, okay. Even though I agree with him on most of that one. <laughs> but no, literally, I'm talking, Sleazy froze, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I look at Chip, and he froze, and I'm like, fuck, it's me. And as soon as I said <laughs> that, my computer just shuts off. <laughs> well, all we saw was this, and then all of a sudden, you're gone. <laughs> so Yeah, so my computer literally, I... Sleazy and I talked about this. It, it's on the fritz. So yeah, it's it's going okay. It, so in the hard point, uh, we're we're working our way into uh, talking about FTR. Um, okay. So one of the big things was like, and we read referenced it as recently as like a week or two ago, that oh, their contract's got to be up sometime soon. They're going to go back to WWE. So how shocked were you when you saw FTR come out? I was shocked, but honestly, I think their contracts are still up. I think might as well use them to put over the guns if you're gonna if their contract is still up. Because I'm I've been reading reports. I don't think I have it on news and rumors that they sign long term deals, which I still don't believe. So it is a long term deal, though. Right. With W, it's hard to tell. So, um, their contracts are supposedly up in April. I think the longest AEW long term deal is five years. John Moxley. Something like I that. Um, but, but my thing is sit there and still do one-offs and then put the guns over and say double or nothing and then make a debut at SummerSlam. If their contracts are up in April, they're, they're gone before double or nothing. They'll do it on a dynamite. Which I, I, don't, I don't think they would blow their load on that. I mean, if they don't sign contracts, they kind of have to. Yeah, but they wouldn't bring them back just to blow it off on a dynamite. It's AEW. Yeah, you can play that game all you want. <laughs> but the point is that I would have a hard time believing that they would do something like that. I really do. Um, they were signed on uh, May 27, 2020. So if, they're, if they sign two-year contracts, that brings them up to late May. It would have to be three years. Three-year contract. Yeah. Or excuse me, three years. Sorry. Um, so double, yeah, double or nothing makes sense because double or nothing is the 27th or 28th. It's the 28th. So they get signed a one day contract afterwards. Yeah. Oh, the, so. they slip in another grand or two or whatever. That, that wouldn't be a big deal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would see, say that they would be. That would okay. Be. Chip, did you talk about the match? Oh yeah. It's shit. What'd you give it? Uh, well, yeah, I gave it one and three quarters. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, you're the most generous of the three of us on this one, I believe. Actually, we're tied. Um, I agree with Chip. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm like, really? You have a referee distraction in a no DQ match after there was a shit ton of outside interference? Yeah. It, it, and that was the thing. That, that's what really pissed me off about this match. When she took the guitar away from Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And, but but she let everything else go. And mm-hmm. that's, I'm just like, really, come on, damn. I thought for one time it was going to be done right and they were going to let shit go. Well, it was a no DQ match. So mm-hmm. All she let to- everything go but that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was fucking dog doo-doo butter shit. Mm-hmm. She's just not a fan of Honky Tonk Man, okay? But she didn't like pushing Jeff around, I'll tell you that. She's a fan of Eddie Graham. Broke 10,000 guitars, never drew a dime. Thank you. 
Okay. Somebody got the reference. 60-minute Ironman match for for the AEW World Championship. MJF defends against Brian. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Slizzy. Daniel Bryanson. A 60-minute Ironman match. It goes 65 minutes to 20 seconds. Meltzer gave this three, or sorry, four and three quarters. No, it's Canton. Sorry, Canton. My bad. Meltzer's going to give this 9,000 stars. Do you want me to start the argument? And then you guys rebuttal and I tell you how wrong you are? Yes. Okay. These are literally a page of questions I wrote down during this match. Okay. Let me let me, let me get ready for the rebuttals here. They were outside the ring from the 32-minute mark to the 30-minute mark, but yet the referee didn't count. They were on the apron from the 27-minute mark to the 23-40-minute mark. Still no counting. Uh, they... DQ'd MJF for a low blow, but a elbow drop through a table and a power driver through the table gets nothing. Pretty valid there. Now, these are kind of nitpicks. Again, this is not on them. This is on camera angles. A headbutt to the shoulder busts open MJF. Yeah. yeah. That was a camera angle thing. That's not on them. 50 minutes of working on the arm and Danielson still doesn't tap out to MJF's finisher. This is just a nitpick. Why they put the clock up with only five minutes to go instead of putting it on the screen the whole time and then taking it on and off the television screen? I will will, uh, absolutely justify that one. Okay. Um, I'm just saying it's the year of our Lord 2023. As you like to say, the technology is there. It happens literally in every sporting event. It's not a technology thing. Um, I think they were afraid of the thing that audiences like to do is they count down to the zero and okay. they didn't want it to have it happen throughout this very okay. high stakes match. I'll justify that. Okay. But um, it is, it is, you are right. It's kind of weird, but I think that's why they did it. I was trying to figure no, out why they didn't. No selling a fucking tombstone off the top rope after 58 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also a nitpick. Why not have Tony Schiavone come down to announce the overtime instead of having Tony Schiavone do it? Because Vince McMahon would blow both of his quads otherwise. <laughs> um, why not DQ MJF after he clearly pushes a ref at least two or three times in this match? Again, a nitpick because you can say it's a title match. So I want to do that. Okay. Still nitpick. Mm-hmm. Um, why did Danielson kick out of a low blow and sudden death when he couldn't kick out of it in the 25 minute mark? Twice. Couldn't kick out twice. Couldn't kick out twice. But he can kick out after all that damage. Why did MJF kick out of Danielson's finisher in sudden death? MJF tapped out when he banged his arms like this is a tap out. Technically, yes, he's not doing this, but he banged it like this. That's a tap out. This is also a nitpick. Just because you grab the rope and then you tap out does not mean the tap out doesn't count. Or does it? It's never happened before. It, 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 doesn't it, it, it was the end of time. It was the end of time. No, this was in sudden death. No, I don't. Think yes, that. yes, he did. He tapped out. He he tapped out at the end of sudden death. When the clock oh. ended, he tapped out. In sudden death, he grabbed the rope, and while he grabbed the rope, he tapped out. That was in. So he did that to Danielson. Okay, I tapped out. That's why oh, that was happening. Gotcha. Again, it's a nitpick. I'm just never happened before, so it's weird that the referee. I get it. It's just well, a nitpick. Well, here's the thing: the referee called the rope break first. Right. 
but and Daniel then Hurd he caps the- out to be a dick and try and get Daniels because Danielson spent the entire hour making the five count. They intentionally did that. Ref, I get five. Exactly. And, and that's that's a common Danielson thing, but to have him do the count to five after he got the rope break would do more damage to MJF. It was actually smart to do it that way because Danielson then breaks the count immediately because he thinks he won. Again, that was a nitpick, so I'm not really going that far. Right, but the, but those are but, those are bits where you're you're even bringing it up. Had a they did the point. They did their job. <laughs> um, there was a reason behind it. There was no reason for Danielson to get him the head of the oxygen to take, but still not be knocked out. Yeah, that was bad because he fucking lit him up. And this is also just me being a dick to add on. Why didn't the medical team come down after sudden death? Yes, they came? I said but, that. But I they said that. But they. But <laughs> MJF was fine after sudden death. But he clearly needed the oxygen take before that. Like, what the that fuck? So funny. The the medical team just disappeared after the sixty minute. Mark. But they left their equipment down there. They left their equipment, and they were like. Oh, well, fuck this. We're going home. Five minutes later, like they wouldn't be needed again. They're like, nah, fuck them. They just went another five minutes. Fuck it. Yeah. So. <laughs> who you want to shame on me. Right. So, again, some of these were nitpicks that are that are justified. Some of them are just like the psychology just makes no sense. And that's why I'm saying I can only give this four stars. I can't go. Five, I can't go four and three quarter. I it just the first 25 minutes, even leading up, it, as soon as they got the low blows and stuff, I got it. Two two, I was in. As soon as they started doing everything on the outside and the referees just looking at them, not doing shit, I'm like, well, this just turned into a fucking AEW match. Like with no Maybe nonsense. To put, to put on their not best performance as their main event. And I was fucking Digging this match until the halfway point. And then and the funny thing is, MJF finally looked like MJF being a shithead fucking heel for the first time in years. And then they they pull the psychology. I'll get to the fan interaction. After this match, I just, wanted, <laughs> I, just wanted to, I just wanted to talk about the actual match itself. Okay, Sleazy, go ahead. I'm actually going to yield to Chip first. Oh, God. Here we go. Chip. So, Do you yield your time to Chip? No, I'm, I'm giving oh. him first shot at this. Okay. So I, until you brought some of that stuff up, I was thinking the match a different total way. But you make some very valid points. So honestly, it went from a five-star match to a four and a half star match for me. I I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought there was a lot more psychology in the way they were the wrestling in the beginning was so good. The the back and forth, the reversals and everything was just really good. And then yeah, some of it was um uh, uh in a after a while I forgot there wasn't a disqualification match, a non-disqualification match because of that shit. And that made me, makes me back it down a little because there should have been DQs on the pile drivers to the table and everything else, especially if they called the low blow. And my my for your nitpick about 
the um, kicking out of everything is just adrenaline. Is what they're trying to sell, I guess. I don't know. But I at first I thought, because I would literally watch right before we went on the air, because I've been working. And I was like, wow, this is a great match. I mean, so much goodness. And then Batman broke it down. And I thought about it in my head. I'm like, oh, there's that. And then, because at first it was going to be my match of the night over the trios, but now it's the trios with that second. Interesting. All right, Slizzy. Um, what's the gold standard for Iron Man matches? You know, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm. I'm Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. Yep. The Iron Man match hadn't been done before. One hour, two amazing performers. Tell me, Fat Man, when did that match start? Like, really? Not obviously when the bell rang, but when did it actually start? Probably about 15 minutes left in the match. The greatest Iron Man match really didn't start till minute 45. Because here's the reality of it. Iron Man matches, especially hour-long Iron Man matches, are fucking boring. Okay, I, I test it to someone explaining it to me as you don't really need to watch the end of the basketball game till about three minutes in. Right. <laughs> and and that's, a, that's a legitimate way of putting it. This match, while there were a couple of sprinkled in nice moments, really didn't start until 10 minutes before the end of the the actual match. And honestly, there were multiple reasons why you can shit on this match. Fat man brought up some of them. Some of them were justified. Some of them were not. The one I even called nitpick. I even called some nitpicks. One of the biggest justifications about this. And I'm not sure if this was just MJF just Gigging a little too hard, but that was not necessary. That having that amount of blood on him was not necessary. I think he went overboard. He went way overboard because you had a death match and a buried alive match on the same card, and you had multiple p- people gigging <laughs> for him. And if you're gonna bust it open somehow, yeah, that, that was hard. That was a hard one. Can't really. Yeah, but but the thing he is, was, that there was there's and um. Uh, Danielson got cut too, but not bad. Uh, yeah, it's filled up real quick, right? But the point is that that was not necessary for this match 100%. Nope, here we go. Ready? This match was only a three and a half star match. Whoa, I'm the um, overrated piece of shit. Yes, no. um, because <laughs> the over, over, overrated piece of shit. So, here's the thing this match was once again. the right kid died. Yep. Also, 15 minutes before the end of the match, I turned to Michelle and said, they're going to overtime because um, MJF is going to tap one second after the time goes out. Literally told her to finish 15 minutes before it happened because that's exactly where they were going with it. The entire They telegraphed that so fucking badly that it was obvious to me. Even Sleazy was right. Even I saw that, and that means you fucked up. Yeah, because yeah, you don't watch the product. Right? And he's never right. I'm never right. Sure. So to, to have me be able to telegraph that says a lot. The, the hilariousness of having the 
EMTs come out, work the guys over, and then go five minutes later, yeah, fuck them. They'll be fine, just fine. Absolutely ridiculous. If you're going to sell the fact that they're going into overtime, fucking sell it. That should not have been another five full minutes of them working. It shouldn't have been. That should have been maybe two minutes at best. Um, Having MJF use all the shit he used just to have it end with a fucking hit to the head once after all the stuff that they've both been through. Well, he also, well, the thing was he hit him in the head. Then he put on uh, the the bell lock and then Danielson was going to pass out. Then he got back up and then passed out out, or he tapped out. He actually tapped tapped out. Um, But again, you couldn't put over MJF's finisher. You had to. I understand you beat Daniel Simmons' his own move in his match. Got it. But like him not tapping out to Daniel Simmons. He never tapped out once to it. To it. That's that's the 50, bigger thing. 50 minutes in, I wrote 50 minutes in, 50 minutes in, MJF working on his already injured arm mm-hmm. before the match even began. And Danielson still didn't tap out to his finish. Right. And, and, and this is strange coming from a Brian Danielson match where the entire point of Danielson is usually both of them working on a body part. To have that not be a factor into the match is just mind-boggling to me. It, technically, it was because, you know, he did tap out to a shoulder thing. But, I mean, the lead-up to it was just... What is the label lock? What, where's the, the most pressure coming from? Neck and shoulder. Yeah. it's. Oh, I dare say it's more neck than shoulder. And certainly not being torqued in the well, way... Well, the way he does it, the sh- it looks like shoulder. But also neck. The way Danielson does it, yeah. Yes. MJF doesn't make it look that way. He looked like he was just yanking his fucking head off. And, and that's the kind of the thing, is that there was... There's so many different pieces to the match that were like, really? What are we doing here? And uh, you know me. I love Brian Danielson. You know me. I fucking love MJF. I mean, your your ass was it. He, he, he ate out here at he, your asshole. Eating out my asshole. But in all seriousness, to have MJF get this definitive win is amazing. But the match itself was not. And it's sad because this could have been an absolute fucking five-star banger match, but they had to go a half hour too long. They had to go. They had to AEW it up. Well, here's the thing. That match could have been done in 30 minutes. 100%. And if they did, they would have absolutely had a five-star banger. They had to fill the time too much. And doing a 60-minute match, because it's Danielson's thing, and Danielson did it on TV a few times, doesn't mean that it necessarily has to happen that way. There was a couple aspects. I gave it four stars, so obviously I thought the match was great. But when it got down, I think it was like five minutes, and they're face-to-face, and you see MJF look like he's crying, and Danielson smiling. That was good storytelling. Yeah, because I love that. There's bits and pieces of this match where it's just like that's the inferior part of it. Mm-hmm. It could have been great. Yeah, the first, 
27 minutes of this or 30 minutes of this match, I thought was flawless. And then they got too cute is what I can say. They had to fill the another 30 minutes. Yeah. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I will, there were ways around like the table spots. You could have had a ref bump. You, you could have, you know, yeah. so the ref was down. You could have done the, Except doing it right from the ref, the ref just being like, yeah, I'll just let it go. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, it just was like two low blows in front of you is fine, but, a, you know, a power driver through the table is not. It's, or two low blows isn't fine, but no, one low blow isn't fine, but a power driver through the table is perfectly fine. And mm-hmm. then you're letting them be inside the ring for 10 minutes at a time, not even counting. It's just like, Right. Again, it's, Ryan would say, well, it's a big match. You know, you don't want him to get caught. It's an Iron Man match. So it doesn't fucking matter. And they're yeah, both they outside they the ring. The what? They did the DQ. It's not like, yeah. like, well, we're going to give him leeway. Well, obviously they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, there, there's a lot of things. And, and once again, I will be absolutely the first person to sit here and praise AEW for everything they've done. And I assume we're going to go into the post-show notes here, right? Yep. Because I, I want to start with this. They, I, w- I want to be very, very clear here. There were many, many things AEW did right on this show. The biggest one that they did right was the people they uh, put over and how they put them over. Everybody that won here, in one way or another, will get a huge rub from the victory that they got. Except Jamie Hader. Except for Jamie Hader. But um, that I can play off because they weren't really doing it for the victory. They're doing it to create a group. And the way they did it was stupid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking praise them. For fuck no. Because all you're going to do is shit on them. And they get, they get their shit on time all they want. Okay. When, when it's your turn. This I want to I want to praise them as much as possible because I feel like that legitimately they did a lot of things right. They also did a lot of things wrong in in terms of how they booked uh, certain storylines, how the matches were put together, um, some of the the some of the 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 tie ups were kind of weird in terms of you know doing the four way tag match was kind of off. Um, one of the other smaller nitpicks I have on this show is that everything felt like a personal blood feud. And while that's great when it's like one or two of them, there's like six blood feuds that needed to be paid off on this show. And I think they need to get a little bit better at uh, spacing them out between shows a little bit more um, because they didn't need Wardlow and Joe to be super personal. It was. Um, They didn't need Jungle Boy and Christian to be super personal on the same show. It was. They didn't need um, Danielson and MJF to be super personal. It was. They didn't need uh, Moxley and uh, Hangman to be super, super personal. It was. Even the bu- the fucking, the, the, the elite in House of Black was super, super personal. You can have a match for a title. You have a shit ton of them. Just let it be for the title. You know, you don't necessarily have to just make everything for like blood and guts and uh, uh, uh. so, but that, that would be my main criticism of the show. But overall, this was a good show and I give it eight out of 10. 
I was going to say, for as much as I dreaded this show and the buildup has been not great, this was a really good show that turned into your typical AEW show where you had good action, but the psychology is just not there. I mean, it is worth... I think the Iron Man match is worth watching. I think the trios title match is worth watching. This didn't feel like a four-hour-long show to me. And normally AEW shows do. I don't know because there was only eight matches on a um, four-hour show. But I got through this in one sitting. So normally I don't do that. (laughs) Normally I got to stop a couple times. So this is a way better show than I thought it would be. The irony is that it wasn't a four-hour show. It was a three-hour show and an Iron Man match. And okay, I think that's... Oh, Jenny Gargano's on NXT again. Good for him. But Jenny I think Waller. that's... that's Waller. And Waller. Okay, Chip. Um, it was a good show. Uh, definitely better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, it was good to see people get the right rub that they need to. Um, and yeah, I mean, minus a couple duds or not duds, but a couple bad matches. It was, I enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, news and rumors from the fat man, uh, anything to kind of tease how somehow Tony Khan has pay-per-view buys or early estimate pay-per-view buys for a show that just happened. He literally said this minutes after the show went off the air. So I don't know how we got it, but I have a theory as to how we got it. Cocaine. That's actually not, wasn't my theory, but okay, cool. Allegedly. (laughs) We'll be back after this. Allegedly. All right, folks, we're back. Um, We'll allegedly be back. (laughs) Allegedly be back, I guess. Right. Um, Let's get into news and rumors. Uh, We've, we got some cool stuff, I hope. Okay, so during Tony Khan's media event, he said that um, 9,000 people were at the venue, 8,000 paid for a record gate of 800,000, so that's $100 a ticket. I'm assuming Wait, so it's... so 1,000 people got in for free? It's called paper. Yeah. It's called papering in the event to make it look fuller mm-hmm. it's a very very common practice um i'm assuming the record gate is for the chase center which you know it's hosted i think one other wrestling event so this was uh san francisco right yeah it's a brand new arena that opened two three years ago okay. and i think it hosted one raw before this is the only event so all right that's not too bad though so it's a hundred dollars average ticket uh tony khan says that aw was trending in the range of 130 to 140 pay-per-view buys, which is their normal pay-per-view buys. So now here's my question about that. And when you say pay-per-view buys, do you include the bleacher report ones? Yes. I'm okay. assuming that's what he I I'm assuming that's it, what it was available on cable and satellite pay-per-view feed. Normally. And also you could buy tickets in theaters to watch it. Yes. And so they must- that he wouldn't have had access to numbers of that. No. He would have had access numbers to Bleacher Report because it's just one service. He could have called him up and said, yo, how many people are have gotten this so far? Right right off the bat? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. They would have that number easy. 
Got it's it. one provider. If if it was an aggregate of providers, that's a little bit different. But since it's only one provider, they would. Well, I'm assuming it cable and satellite too. So, but, but that's he, probably where the estimates come. Well, in. yeah. When he says trending in the range of his normal pay per view range, I mean that's my theory. He's just being like, I don't know what it is, but it's what we normally draw. <laughs> so I mean that's also legitimate too. I so mean, you could very well have done that. Now, was the pay-per-view buys in America, or was that only on Bleacher Report? I don't know. Um, just says pay-per-view. You can get it on pay-per-view in the U.S. You could get it from Bleacher Report in the U.S. Um, oh, okay. Worldwide, you could get it from The Zone. And Fight. Uh, what, did they do Fight? Yep, Fight and, and pay-per-view.com. Yeah, Fight did, yeah. So you could get it from The Zone or Fight. Basically everywhere. Okay, so I have an update on Tommaso Ciampa. Well, today was my. This is him on Twitter. Today was my first source. This is my Smelter reporting this. This is from Tommaso Ciampa. Today was my final stem cell treatment. By the way, he had um, surgery to repair a hip labrum in October. Mm -hmm. For context. Um, today was the final stem cell treatment. They have this awesome tradition here where you write what you hope to achieve on your stem cell bag. I wrote dance with buddies, which is Willow's term for wrestling and play tag. I'm assuming his daughter and play tag because it breaks my heart that I can't run and play with my four-year-old. He had 130 million cells via IV, 190 million cells via, um, Intra, Beniously. no, that's IV. Intra articular, uh, ankles, hips, knees, shoulders. Forty million versus uh, for, via. Oh, so they got him in his joints, and yeah. then he got forty million viva his uh, lumbar spine. Uh, three hundred sixty million in total. Holy shit! Let's heal, mommy, daddy, Willow, forever. So. I guess he he's gained 19 pounds nine weeks after surgery, which is good. On mid February, he stated that his goal during rehab was to not necessarily to gain weight, but he was beginning to look to look the new to oh like the new look more than he felt, and he felt energized and strong. Good. So he's doing better. Yep. The man is a huge asset in the ring and a good person outside of it. So, um, hey. According to Fuck Dave Meltzer. God damn it, Chip. He saw a hawker on the screen. Um <laughs> a lot this is a many wrestlers were dissatisfied for not being used at the ROH tapings this weekend after canceling indie bookings. A lot of guys canceled their weekend bookings on indie shows and they did get paid more than they would have made on indie shows, so that's not the issue, but the frustration was that guys would be brought in that the guys was of guys being brought in and not used according to one independent promoter he lost four of his top talent so they could work the tapings but none of them were used the promoter was not upset that the talent were unable to attend his shows because he understands that they were appearing on always tv it would increase exposure for his promotion um what do you guys think of that no homer no foul in my opinion um if you're making more money by going to TV, even if you're sitting and catering all weekend, 
I, I, that's I, a good payday. I 100%, but from a promoter's perspective, I can be a little, doesn't matter. It really doesn't. If, if I were say advertising a star for months, won't be months, probably weeks and last minute cancel the booking. Okay. Let, let me throw this out there. for you. Yeah. You know, more than I do. I Um, can see it from a pro's perspective, but I'm with you. It doesn't matter. Here, here, here's the, from the worker's perspective, they got to get paid more to sit back at their other job, ring of honor and not get used. So they basically got a week off and get paid for it. The promoter, while yes, it does sometimes damage your brand if you're promoting three months of, I don't know. A, oh, yeah, I got you. Somebody like, I'm trying to think of, I'll, I'll say Samoa Joe, even though that's not a, a, an actor. Wheeler Yuta will probably be a better example. Wheeler Yuta, yeah, Wheeler Yuta is a good one. So I'm a promoter. I have spent four months promoting the shit out of Wheeler Yuta's coming to Sleazy's Wrestling for Federation, right? South Jersey, yeah! Okay? Week Weekend before, Wheeler could... Yo, boss, I'm going to give you your deposit back. They need me in Ring of Honor this weekend. Well, I just got four months of promotion selling tickets with Wheeler Yuta's fucking name on it and, and face smiling on me. And all I have to do is go... Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, Willie Ute is not going to be here. Uh, you I, put I the somebody... heat on Tony Khan. You could if you want to, but you don't even need to. Don't need to. The, the people are already there. They've already paid for it. On that ticket, put card subjects and change. Well, they are. They, they always do. But most of, if you're a good promoter, a week out, you would advertise, hey, Willie Ute So what you're doing is... You book somebody with that deposit that you pulled in. You yep. look for somebody that's available that weekend, a gangrel or, or somebody, some WWF legend or somebody that would be considered a better book than Wheeler Yuta at that moment to replace them. So if people were pissed that they were going to see specifically came for Wheeler Yuta, you write off the 20 bucks and you give them their money back. If you don't, you got four months of free promotion of Wheeler Yuta without having to pay that's what I said. It's a, it's a win on the promoter side as well. So anybody being pissed off about any of this is fucking ridiculous. Honestly. Because everyone won. It would be one thing if the guys that worked at Ring of Honor didn't get paid as much as if they'd worked the show. So I'll play devil's advocate and say, not not the indie bookings, that, that doesn't matter. Say I'm flying into Orlando. And like, okay, we're flying you in for these tapings. You're going to be making more. But yet, you don't appear on the show. That means, yes, I got paid, but also, I'm not getting the exposure for being on TV. Yes. But but you're not on TV. You're on Segway! <laughs> Segway! Honor Club has 12,000 subscribers. Right? They'd probably get better exposure at the indie show at this point. I wish I was joking. I wish I was joking at this point. It's like, what the fuck? 12,000 subscribers? And you think the weeklies are going to be the reason people are coming? Are and, you and Tony Khan said that they 
it was the highest subscriber rate Honor Club's ever had. I doubt that. that. Because both you and I had it at one point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, spoiler, we, I don't we, care for a lot of shit. We can't, we couldn't watch Supercard of Honor because one, it's still going on. And two, <laughs> the feed was fucked up. Remember, I tried to watch it on my phone on Honor Club and it wouldn't load. It wouldn't load. That there was entire, just a, there was just a thing that said technical difficulties. We yeah. stand by. <clears throat> Nobody shot. Don't forget the reason why we're all together in this first place was because of honor didn't finish the feed right for Kevin C versus Jay Briscoe. No one saw that Jay won the title. Except the people who were there. Exactly. Because their feed was fucked. It's been the same thing that's happened for 10 years now. Yep. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, so on Endeavor's um, conference yes, call, this is what uh, Amir, sorry, Arya Amil, their CEO, um, had to say about a potential um, purchase of WWE. As least WWE is an unbelievable product. Vince, you know, created a great business. We had a long-standing relationship with them over two decades. We're doing a location business with them, streaming business with them. His business is very valuable. We were not going to do anything as it relates to changing our leverage position right now. So if you don't know what that means, theoretically says, we don't want to go into more debt to purchase WWE. I heard a lot of double talk there, honestly. Yeah, today we're not looking to purchase. That Tomorrow doesn't mean a different day. That does not mean that they can't find another backer to help them out to purchase WWE. Yeah. But that was just a bunch of corporate speak that was written by 14 lawyers. Right. Yeah. Um, but like I said earlier, their market cap when the last I checked was at like 10 billion and Vince wants nine. So there's no way, no way Endeavor is going to purchase it by themselves. No, they would they would have a, a second person. In. And then somebody said, I think it was uh, Brandon Thurston said that if WWE doesn't sell by end of May, that they're not going to sell at all because of the TV rights deals. And I yeah, s- because they're coming up. They are, but I still don't think that doesn't matter unless it's Fox or Comcast who buys them. Well, if they're TV well, actually lower, it does matter. It actually yeah. does matter. If it comes back lower than what it is now, they could definitely lose some valuation on yep. the product, and there would be no reason to sell that. And it hasn't been the first. I haven't like Brandon Thurston, um, host of the show WrestleNomics with Chris Gullo, a friend of the show, um, very well known for his financial aspects of professional wrestling. Uh, check out his show if you haven't before. It's really well done. Um, but um, I believe Brandon here. I believe that... Uh, no, he, you're right. The more I think about it, the more like it, it, it does... Yeah. It I, does make sense. I don't know if they're going to push it. I, I I really don't think they're going to push it by the end of future. So we'll see how it goes. Well, they, they say five-year deals, right? This is the fourth year out of five, so they're really not coming up. Um, I 
I was under the impression SmackDown one was coming out. No, they the first SmackDown was in nineteen, and they signed a five year deal. Was it? Unless it was a four year deal, and I thought it was a five year deal. Anyway, you looked that up. Um, Kobe Kingston injured his ankle on SmackDown. Uh, Mania is in doubt. It was twenty eighteen. They signed. Oh, oh, okay. Why do I think it was twenty nineteen? I don't know why. So the Fox sure it was twenty because the first SmackDown on Fox was in 2019 because Kofi lost the title of the Lesnar. I'm literally looking at the. That's weird. The thing Fox officially signs five year deal for SmackDown Live, and that was June 26, 2018. Huh. And I don't know when the Raw deal is up. Raw. Uh, solo Solo Sokoa got married. Good for him. Good for him. And I hear there's another Uso the wings that doesn't want really anything to do with the uh, family business? I mean, if he doesn't, he doesn't. Whatever. Cool. Since Sleazy doesn't watch the product, King and Queen of the Ring will be in Saudi on Saturday, May 27th. Thanks for letting me know. I he mean, won't. he has to watch it. We're going to cover it. Even though it's the day before Double or Nothing. How dare WWE run a show on the same weekend as us? Right? How Fuck dare it. they? And we- the way, Raw is up. Raw is indeed up. Is it? This year, too. Because okay. they signed them at the same time. Maybe they didn't go to effect till 2019. I could have sworn the first... Look up when the first SmackDown was on Fox. Not when the deal was signed, but the first SmackDown was on Fox. Because I'm pretty sure that was the Lesnar-Kofi match. Uh, let me check. Uh, two more tidbits, uh, both about Impact. Ty Valkyrie could be leaving Impact, and Eddie Edwards actually signed a contract extension with Impact. Um, October 4th, 2019. Yeah. So they signed the deal in 2018, but they didn't start airing it until 2019? Yep. That's weird. Right? Pepper toss. Chip, put yourself in. Uh, first of all, there's been an Aaron Solo sighting in Australia. Who isn't that Devin Sand- uh, Sandow, Damian Sandow, Aaron Solo? No, the other Aaron Stevens, Stevens, yeah. Oh, that was Solo. I'm like, it's not you, you posted in the chat. I was gonna say, who <laughs> I don't know who that guy is. Aaron Solo is a different indie worker. Uh, a few more New Japan shows came out, one was CMLL. A one with an Australian um, promotion and uh, also anniversary show that happened this past weekend. Um, anyway, you can find me and Fat Man on the Best Orange Sports Show period 2, 9 o'clock on Wednesday nights on the Twitch. And you can find me on Twitter, TWS underscore Mark with Forays. Are you guys on Twitch now? We've been on Twitch. We've been on Twitch. I thought you guys were still only on Facebook Live. No, we on Twitch, son. <laughs> See, I learn something new every day. I mean, we've don't, only don't been promoting it every week that you're on this show. So, I mean, whatever. I don't shit. What the fuck? You don't listen to the product. Don't listen to this product. God damn it. We get the automatic downloads. Yes, absolutely. I'm at WS Sleazy. Do you know this, right, man? We are Sleazy Fat Man on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Please go on over there and give us a like. 
Uh, videos you can find at twitch.tv slash LulyFatman, youtube.com slash LulyFatman, and premium videos on OnlyFans.com slash The Wrestling Show. You can find all sorts of content at TheWrestlingShow.com, including articles, merch, and tons of other cool stuff. Uh, you can get this podcast every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and even Podbean. Don't hesitate to rate us on your favorite platform, and don't he- hesitate to, to give us that permanent lovely automatic download it really does help us out when you do that uh so with thanks to chip and as always for sleazy well the fat man this is the wrestling show thank you guys so much for listening peace fuck dave Meltzer. we did not say that enough this show we don't say enough any show so fuck dave Meltzer. fuck tony khan a hot dog's on a sandwich a sub is not a sandwich a burger is a sandwich Nothing to gain.